0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. dot Comes in this month, you're supposed to be happier. But it doesn't say how. Is that in, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just uh, I'm drinking dinner sound by the way, one second. <laughs> Okay, Rabbi. Yeah, 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 much better. Okay. So it says when the month of Adar comes in, you should be happier. You should be happier. Girls, can you be happier because our Washington tells you to be happier? How does one become happier? So in the in the month of of, it doesn't say. It, it says you, in the month of of, you should be less happy, not totally unhappy. Never should a Jew be totally unhappy. Even in the month of Av, when the base of medish was destroyed, you shouldn't be unhappy, but um, you should be less happy. So it tells us, how to, you have to tell a Jew how to be less happy. It's not something that we could do on our own. So it says, you can't have meat, and you can't have wine, and you can't have music, and you can't have weddings. Right, so it tells us how not to be happy. But what about, in the month of Adar? it says, you should be happy, but you don't tell me how. Should I listen to music? Should I dance on my bed? Should I, uh, eat steak and lamb chops? Um, should I go to Florida? Should I, I don't know. Should I, should I get myself a band and listen to music? Doesn't say. So, you tell me how to be less happy, but you don't tell me how to be more happy. And the second question, which I'm talking about a lot, is the word Mishinichnas. When you when you, Mishinichnas means when you come into, when you come into the month of Adar. It should say... Oh, oh, one second. So only the first few days of Adar? The middle and the end of Adar, you shouldn't be happy? What does it mean when you come into Adar? And the answer... And, and, and what does that mean? It, it, it should say... Adar, In the month of Adar, you should be more happy. Why does it say Mishinichnas? What does that word mean? When you go into Adar. It's not when you go into Adar. It's the whole month of Adar. So, Amir Hashem... We are going to answer those two questions. Remind me if, by the end of the year, I didn't answer those two questions. Say, Rabbi and you never answered the questions. Okay. But before we go to the answer to the questions, um, I would like to tell you something that I have not been speaking about, and that is um, a Medrash Rabbah. I think it's very important for all of us to know that the miracle. The miracle of Purim is based on, you ready? Hakaras <laughs> Hatov. Appreciation and recognizing the good. Does anyone in the Shia listening know where in the Megillah Esther it talks about Hakaras <laughs> Hatov? Listening, Anybody? is because I don't hear I don't hear you have to say loud can somebody repeat what she's saying uh, no, what about Achashverosh? who did he have too? To? Like, think it was, like, to For what? For you know, letting him know, letting him know about Haman. And... He, he knew. He knew about Haman. He knew that Haman wanted to kill all the Jews. He signed the paper. Okay, so you you happen to be he mentions that he had like appreciation towards her after. Him. So, so you're, you're right that it's aches but listen carefully. The end of Bay is. Monachai was sitting at the gate, cut up and Seresh. These two bad guys, Bigson and Seresh, decided that they're going to kill the king. Monachai found out. He told Esther. About and Esther said the story to the king and said, there's two guys that want to kill you. And she... And she said it in the name of Mordechai. They checked it out. They caught them. They hung them. And they wrote it in this book that the king kept. What was this book, everybody? This book, let's go see. Let's go see what this book was. So he had this book. The king could not sleep. Bring me my book of memories. Now this was a book not of stomp memories. This is a book of what people did good for him. He wrote down every day if someone did him a favor. And he found that Mordechai saved him from Big Son of because Esther told him. And he asked, Did I pay him back? And they said, no, you never, you never did anything good for him. Uh-oh, the male said, I got to pay him back. So the king, Ahasuerus, was very into Akash told that he had a book that he wrote in every night if someone did him a favor. Had he not had that book, Mordechai's name would not have been in the book, and it could be the Jews would not have been saved. So he had to save his how many girls listening to the share right now have such a book? That you go home at night and you write, thank you Rabbi Grossberg, thank you Jackie Vitone, thank you to the girl next to you who made you a toast. How many of us have such a book as safe as a coin ice? But this guy, Achashverosh, he had such a book. So here's our Tov book. He had a Tov book. Momage saved Clistro, and it's brought down in the magicrama, and I'm going to read it to you. There are four things. I'm going, to be, I'm going to swore by Amy. Not Amy a girl, but Amy a boy. I bought time There were four good things about Aashrero. Three years boy he didn't have a crown. Four boy didn't have a throne. Four years he waited till he found Esther. And he would do nothing on his own before consulting his advisors. I'll tell you something. There was one more praiseworthy practice of Achas Reiros. Whenever anyone did him a favor, he would record it. Thus it was written, and Mordecai had that, that that everything was written in the book. So we see from here that how important Hakar Satov is, and that in the end, Hakar Satov is what saved Mordechai. Also, that Esther gave credit to Mordechai. When someone does something and you repeat it, you have to give that person credit. We learn from this, says the Gemara, that when someone tells you a Torah, you should say it over in his name. In other words, Rabbi Grossberg told me this, Rabbi Wallstein told me this, Rabbi Yehuda, Hillel, BeShamai. where do we know this from? Because had she not said to the king that that Mordechai was the one who saved you then he would have just written in the book that he was saved he wouldn't have written who saved him so when you quote someone you should quote their name when you quote Torah, whatever it is you should quote their name Okay, very, very, very important and I think this is something we can work on girls in the next couple of days I'm giving you a little bit of homework um, and this is what I want to tell you what the homework is so Haman was the Satan Haman was Amalek Haman was the antithesis, the anti-Jew the anti-Kedusha he comes to he comes to Achaz and he says I want to wipe out the Jews Achaz said listen mister I am at the top of my game I own 127 countries 127 countries. I just made a party like nobody's business. I mean, the wine and the party, if you were 15 years old, you got 15-year-old wine. If you are 7 years old, you got 7 year old wine. And they never used two gold cups. You finish your cup, they got your new cup. It was not normal. The only thing they didn't have was music. And if you would listen to my share from last week, uh, it's an amazing medrash. That music, he was scared to play music because music is very spiritual. And he was scared that if he plays music... Even not Jewish music, the, Jew, the Jews are going to start getting into like a spiritual sense. And if they get into a spiritual sense, they're, not, they're, they're going to do tshuva and they're going to run out of the party. So he had the biggest party in the world, no music. And that was really missing because he had the best food, the best wine, dancing people, uh, crazy stuff. But no music. So, because music has that power. So he said to Haman, I'm not messing with the Jews, they pay taxes. They're paying their taxes. And Pharaoh started with them. And look what happened. The Homan tram got destroyed. Luchanetzas started with them. And the, they got destroyed. The Romans, everybody. The Greeks, whoever started with the Jews, were at the top of their game. They were running the whole world. They had the whole world. And now, they're gone. Why would I start with the Jews? I, I don't got a problem with them. Listen to what the Satan, what Homan said. And Haman said to the king, Yeshno am Echad, there is a nation, Mefuzr Umefayred, spread out across the world, the Jews were all over the place, Umefluid, but they're not together, there's no achdas, they don't get along. Oh, she's farty. Oh, she's Ashkenazi. Oh, I don't like Hasidim. Oh, I don't like this one. Oh, I don't like that school. She's Beth Yaakov. Oh, she's modern. Oh. A lot of that stuff was going on. No room in our yeshiva for you. You're not good enough. Can't come to our seminary. Sorry, you weren't chosen. A lot of stuff. They didn't get along. Said Haman to Achashverosh and also said the Satan to Hashem. You're right. The, the Jews destroyed Pyro and the Mitzrim because they were Baachtus They all got along with each other. They even showed each other where the Mitzrim's gold were hidden. Against the Romans, against every other empire, the Jews got along with each other. But now, in the Persian Empire, they don't like each other. And Hashem will not protect them when they don't get along. The Chaim brings down one of the worst kings that ever lived. His name was Achav, and Achav's everybody in everybody in Eretz Yisrael, under his kingdom was serving Avodah Everybody, David HaMelech, no, the Jews were not serving Avodah Zara. when David HaMelech went out to war against the Plishtim, he won, but he lost thousands of soldiers. When Achav went against the, 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 the enemies, the Plishtim, he won and he didn't lose one person. Achavit Chaim says, I don't understand. Achav's followers were all over there by the They were low lives. Dobit's followers were tzaddikim. Why would Achav come back from war and not one person died? So the Khafat Chaim says that even though they were able to avoid the Zara, they all got along by And by Dawar HaMelech, even though they were all in Yeshiva learning Torah, they didn't get along. So Hashem is more strict and more there for the Jewish nation when we get along than when we're the biggest Sadiqah, but we don't get along. Said Haman to Achash Verosh no Am echad Mufuza This time, Aksh, we could destroy them because they don't get along. Benha Amin, and you know what else? They don't get along, but they're also assimilating in all the nations. They dress like them, they like their rock and roll music. They watch their movies, they're on the Internet. I got to have, you know, Facebook and all the other things that the non-Jewish people have, so they're assimilating. The And they're Jews, so they're different than all the other nations. Listen carefully to what he's saying. Now, according to the Medrash, this is really Haman, the Satan, talking to Hashem against the Jewish nation. So he's coming to Hashem and he's saying, this one nation, Shema Yisrael Hashem Echad or Shema Hashem, they're not doing what they're supposed to. They don't get along with each other. They're assimilating, between all the different nations. The same the Sultan says, yeah, they're Jewish. They're different, they're not Christians, they're not Islam, they're not Muslims. They're Jewish, but... HaShem, they're Jewish, but they're not keeping any of your laws. They talk like Hara, they don't get dressed the way they're supposed to. So they are Jewish, they're different, but they're not keeping any of the laws. And therefore, says Satan to HaShem, Melech, and to the king, not Lamelech and to Hashem, to you, it's not worth letting them live. Said the Sultan, God, if it's okay with you, you Right that they should be destroyed. So the Sultan came to Hashem and said, They don't get along with each other, they assimilate. Yes, they're Jewish. They're different. But the Dosser HaMelech Eidam Aysin, they're not listening to you Hashem. And therefore, why protect them? If it's okay with you, write that they should be destroyed. And the Medjah says, Hashem wrote, a Gizorah, that the Jews should be destroyed. We were in big trouble. But we had a queen who knew exactly what the Satan was all about. Because she was a Gilgal of Chava, it says. Esther was a Gilgal of Chava. Haman was a Gilgal of the Satan. And Mordechai was a Gilgal of Adam. So she knew who she was dealing with. So when Mordechai comes and tells... Um Esther that you need to go to the king to save us what does Esther say? she knew that we were in big trouble she knew that she wrote the Zerah. she knew the Jews were not getting along with each other leich pasik tez perig leich kenos vav samach gather all the Jews together who are in Shushan but they should fast they shouldn't eat for three days and everybody should die and if I die, I die why didn't she say tell everyone to fast tell everyone to daven let's uh, do a kines and tinius, let's say to him, let's finish shas. The first thing she told Mordechai, "Listen, if we want to have any chance of beating the Satan and breaking the zero, Knois, Kol Hayyudim, get them to get along with each other, Face Knesses, Knois, bring them together, because if you don't bring them together as one." Even if they go learn and they fast and they dive in and whatever they do, it's not going to break the Gezer. The Gezer is written because Haman said we don't get along or we weren't getting along. So I think in the next couple of days before Purim, we all need to get to show Hashem that we want to get along with each other. And the girl that you didn't invite to your party or you didn't call or you didn't help or you made her feel different reach out to her we need achtos. reach out to maybe you're not getting along with your parents reach out to them reach out to each other and if you look at it's interesting, very fascinating Purim is the only of that we have these Really interesting mitzvahs. There are four mitzvahs on Purim. One, Mikra Megillah. To listen to the Megillah, and the halacha is that if you have a shul with 100 people and a shul with 20 people, go to the shul with 100 people, because it's a mitzvah, Pasume Nisa, spreading the miracle. That's the mitzvah that we have at night. The mitzvah we have during the day, we make a bracha of one is... Do you ever have a mitzvah of sending something to your friend? Now, you can ask me a great question, because I see one of you's mom is thinking deeply about this question. I see it in her eyes. She's, she's thinking about, I don't understand. What is not that? that a separation? You're saying send Shlachmonos to your friend? But, but aren't we all supposed to be friends? So that sounds like you're going the other way, Rabbi. That I, I shouldn't I send it to my enemies? And the answer is... That every Jew is supposed to be your friend. are not supposed to have them. Ah! Oh, that every Jew is supposed to be your friend. So when it says, Shlach on Perem, There's a specific thing about It doesn't talk about that in any other Yontif. do not say, a Pesach, bring matzah to your friend. Bring cheesecake to your friend invite your friend into the sukkah no, Rosh Hashanah get them an apple no, only by poem it uses the word Re'acha because the, the thing that almost destroyed us was that we didn't get along so we have a special mitzvah Shlachmanos Ish L'Yehu what else? the poor people the poor people in K'lai Yisrael that sometimes we forget it's very nice to take care of your friends but what about the people who are not your friends or you don't have a close relationship but they don't have their own food so very important to show Hashem yes, I'm sending presents to my friend but I'm also taking care of your people that don't have money but where does charity start girls? charity starts at home So it's very nice that you're sending your friends presents and it's very nice that you're giving the poor money but you have to have a su'udah with your family. So on Purim we have four mitzvos that bring us back together from being separated. The mitzvah of Megillah is to be together in Shul with the Biggest amount of Jews. You know it's interesting. I'm I'm not big enough to say this. But Corona which started last year on Purim, what it did is it really separated us. We 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 we, we couldn't be with our families. We we couldn't be in Shul. It separated us, all these things that we have on Purim, this year, Mark Hashem, we couldn't do these things. A whole year, it was a huge, it's, it's a huge, separa- this disease has caused a huge separation in the human world, not only in the Jewish world, but in the human world. Where, you know, six feet apart, that's a separation. You can't have your family over, that's a separation. You can't dive it together in shul, that's a separation. Maybe maybe to fix what to get rid of this disease, we need to show Hashem more Attus. More togetherness. That we that we miss the togetherness. We miss being together with our family. Not sitting up in our room with our gadgets on face on Facebook and all the other things. But we really we don't want to do Zoom. We want to be together. And I think that you know that's a very big lesson from for him. Because his whole ta'ina, the whole ta'ina of, 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 of the, of the sultan, was that they did not get along and they assimilated and they were all over the place. So she, she, she knew that, Esther HaMakas. So she said, to, to beat Haman and to beat this Gzera, we need to have more achtas with our families, with our parents, with our siblings, with other Jews' togetherness. And it doesn't matter whether you're a or you're Ashkenazi, or you're Hasidish, or you're modern, or you're American, or Israeli. It doesn't make a difference. There's no difference. A Jew is a Jew. Trust me, when you with Hitler and the Nazis, they didn't care if you were Sephardic or Ashkenazic or where you came from, or if you were modern, or you were Kippa Shrugah, or you wore pants as a girl, or you wore a short skirt or a long skirt, or you're Beis Yaakov. To the other side to the bad side they don't care there's no difference to them a Jew is a Jew so why can't we have that on the good side that a Jew is a Jew and it doesn't make a difference and I think this is a very very big lesson of, of Adar and of Purim and that's what she said get them all together then fast and daven but get them all together and when she went in to the king and I'll read you something very Kabbalistic. This is brought down in the Medrash, also brought down in the Zayar brought down in many places, Perik Hei. was on the third day and Esther put on her, her clothing of Malchus. What is that? So, in the Kabbalistic way, it's it's all the Mitzvahs and the Torah and the Achtas that Klai Yisrael had. That's what she wore. And she stood in the inner chamber of God. She stood in the inner chamber of God, Noach Hamelech, opposite the Hekel of Hashem. The Kisei of Kavoy. And Hashem was sitting on his... God was sitting on his throne. But when Hashem saw Esther standing on the outside of his chatzor, she found chen in his eyes. And Hashem, whatever this means, outstretched his hand with the Shabbat, of Esther, she came close, And Hashem said to her, Whatever you want, I'll give you. But not the Beit Hamikdash yet. Not yet, it came a little bit later. So she got to a level, girls, of going into the Khat of Hashem? What did she bring with her as the weapon to rip the Gzeirah that Hashem wrote? She brought, brought one little thing. <inaudible> she brought the Achdos of, of Klausro. That's what she brought. And that's what saved us. And therefore, that is what we need to Prepare for our Purim, for us to dame to Hashem and to get whatever we need. We have to show Him that we worked on our Akhtus. Um, we worked on our Akhtus. And that will save us, and that will bring us everything that we need. Okay. Um, now, let us talk about another very important lesson which I have not spoken about. And girls, you need to take this very, very. Everyone who's listening, take this very, very, very serious. Way back, and I have to tell you that when I learned this, I made some phone calls afterwards, um, because I learned that sometimes, even when you're right, you're wrong. Listen to this. So, Rivka Imenu told Yaakov to go steal the Bechorah from Esau, right? So he, he listened to his mother. So he did it of the Aim. He listened to his mother. And he knew that if Esau gets the bracha, it'll be the end of us, right? So he fools his father. And... He gets the bracha. Listen carefully, this is amazing. Pasig Lamed Dalad. Everyone who's listening, you must make a phone call before Purim. So now... Esav comes in and Yitzhak says, who are you? He said, what do you mean who am I? I'm, I'm your, I'm Esav. He said, you're Esav? But I just gave the bracha to someone. Esav said, what? My brother stole my bracha? Kishmara Esav is divrei aviv. When Esav heard what his father said, V'Yitzhak she'aka g'daylo umara ad He cried a deep painful, bitter cry. Please bench me also. There's one other place in the Torah, girls, that someone cried such a bitter, painful cry. And where is that? Megiras Esther. Pereg Pasic <laughs> Aleph. So Umarchai found out what was going on. He ripped his clothing. and he put on and he went into the middle of the city. The same words, and Maruchai cried a deep. Painful, bitter, cry. Who was Mordechai? Mordechai was a Gilgal of, Chidah says, a Gilgal of Adam. Who else was a Gilgal of Adam, says the Chidah? Yaakov was a, was a, was a Gilgal of Adam. Who was Haman? Haman was Esav. Says the Medrash. Because you, Yaakov, caused Esav to cry like that midah one day much later Asa will make you cry like that ask the medrash Yaakov did nothing wrong, his mother told him to steal the Bechorah he didn't do anything wrong he did Kibben of Aim why would you punish him With the same words that Asaph cried thousands of years later. Why would you punish Yaakov when he's in the Gilgal of Mardukhai to have the same cry? And you know what the measure says, girls? That even when you're right, if you make someone cry, you will cry the same way one day. Even if you're right. But what do you mean? She did this and she did that. So I I yelled back at her. Okay. You're going to get it back, kid. It's going to come back at you. But I was right. I I was right. Doesn't matter right or wrong. I want you to know that when I wrote this medrash, I made two phone calls to people that I was 100% right. There's no shadow that I was right, but I caused them a lot of pain. And they said, why are you calling me? You were right. And I'm like, I know. It's not good enough to be right. Yaakov, you caused Esav to cry. Esav was the biggest Russia, The biggest lowlife. And you did give it of the aim. But if you cause someone to cry, even if you're right and the person is the worst person in the world, you will cry. If you cause a girl in your class to feel to, you bullied someone, then you Hashem has time. Your children or grandchildren will be bullied. He didn't take this revenge immediately. You know how far it was from Aesov and Yaakov to Megillah's Esther? Let me tell you a sick story. When I was in high school, there was a, there was a boy that was a very big, he was a very big big shot. And there was one boy, I remember his name in my head right now when I'm telling it to you, that that he used to bully like crazy. It was like this real neb. And this guy was like a great ball player. And all, everyone liked him, and he was handsome. This other guy was like, you know, his tits were coming out of his zipper. His shirt was hanging out of this thing. He had food in his briefcase that, you know, was already penicillin. He was dirty. He had, like, black behind his ears real never kid. And and I was uh I was as a kid, I don't know why, but I was always into my whole life. I was always in the to be the protector of uh, of the kids that were picked on. Just my whole life since I'm a little boy. But here I couldn't really get involved because this big shot was much stronger and much bigger than I was. And one day we used to have gym Wednesday nights. And then one day um I walked into the room to get my sneakers, and this big shot was having this Nevahul boy tie his sneakers. This guy was standing, and this poor kid was on his knees on the floor, tying the big shot's sneakers. And that's the story. 30 years later, 30 years later, I heard that the big shot was killed. In the same position, the same position that this little boy that was tying his shoes. Wow, scary. Very, very scary. He was tying his own shoes. What? He was tying his own shoes. No, same position on the floor, same position. So Hashem doesn't forget, even when you're right. When you're right, forget about when you're wrong. Yaakov did nothing wrong, his mother told him to do it, and we needed the bracha. Same words. Same exact words. Yaakov, you caused your brother pain, the biggest rush in the world. Who only wanted to destroy you, you will go through the same pain. Whoever's listening. Araqah's karma the karma, how many millions of times you cause your parents pain? When you're even doing it that right. you're not doing of the aim, and you're causing your parents pain, and then you don't understand why your children will cause you pain, or your grandchildren will cause their children, their parents pain. God has time. He's like the IRS. He has time forever. If you cause someone pain, even if you're right, call them before program and ask them mechila, ask them forgiveness an unbelievable madrish. it's a very scary Madrash well like it's if we do that to our parents or a friend or anybody when you're wrong he was right he was doing a mitzvah and you're like like why didn't the mitzvah protect him He did, he listened to his mother. Why did the mitzvah protect him? The answer is, it's not a question of protecting you. It's, you cause someone pain, you're gonna, you're gonna feel the same pain. And if you walk out of the shirt tonight just with this, ask your parents mechila before Purim. Purim is yom ki Yom kippur is like Purim. Purim is holier than yom kippur. So everyone's very busy asking for Hashem. It's a big day of tefillah. It's a great day of tefillah. And if you dial it on Purim, Hashem's going to accept everyone you, you say. And you're supposed to get up Purim morning and go to Vosikin and hear the Megillah at Vosikin and say Chafbez because it's Esther's capital, and girls say to me, Rabbi Wallstein, I did that and I did that and it's three years in a row and I didn't get a shidduch and I don't understand what's going on. You said if you down Vosikin whatever you ask for because it says Kala Peshiyad whoever puts out their hand on, on, on Purim Hashem puts something in that hand. How come Hashem didn't listen to me? Because the secret of getting what you need on Purim is k'nays Yehudim Is achtos. If you don't have achtos, you're not getting nothing. She knew that. She said to Mordecai, "Fast, daven, it's all great, but k'nays Yehudim, You don't put them all together with Dunsky. It's over. Think about it. It's not a joke." Mamish, Yaakov made Esav cry, Esav came back in a gilgle of Haman, Yaakov came back in a Gil- Gilgal of, 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 ya- of, what's it called, of Mordechai, boom! You got right back in your face, in a big way. Okay. And another big lesson we see is from, from Achishverus, that he had a book of Zechreinus. Maybe you need to put a little paper next to your bed, and, and, and like, you don't know who to thank from two years ago, but imagine you had a teacher three, four years ago and you were feeling really bad that day and she saved your life. You never thanked her because you never wrote it down. Achashverosh couldn't sleep. So it's also a very beautiful message. Achashverosh couldn't sleep. So girls, if you can't sleep, what would you do? What would you do? Drink uh, hot milk? Um, listen to Rabbi Wallstein's Sheer so you fall asleep right away? Right? Open a Gemara for us guys, you know? Let me tell you a cute story, a cute story. I had a, a lady that worked for us, a Polish lady. And um, we went through her bags before she left the house to make sure she didn't steal anything. You know what we found in her bags, girls? You know what we found in her bags? My Gemara. So my wife, she's Polish non-Jewish. So my wife said to her, why would you steal my husband's book? She said, I have to tell you the truth. My husband in Poland is an insomniac, he can't sleep and I see that every time your husband has this book on his lap he's sleeping so I figure it helps people sleep I made up that story but it's cute um, so what would, you, what would you do? drink a glass of wine? take an ambly in? play sudoku? what would you do to fall asleep? any ideas? what would you do? what would you do? You. Yeah. What would you do if you can't fall asleep at night? What would you do to fall asleep? Drink a tea. Cousin a Ephesus, really? Okay. So, here you have... A non-Jewish king. A guy. Achasverosh. Never does not He cannot sleep. So, and believe me, he had a lot of wine. A lot of wine. So, he doesn't ask for wine. He doesn't ask for music. He realizes that if I can't sleep, it must be that... It must be that someone who did me a favor, I didn't repay. No, the Melech, but Yomah, he said, bring me the of Zechreinah. This non-Jewish king said, if I can't sleep, it must be that someone did me a favor, and I didn't pay it back. Bring me my book. And what happens? He pays it back and he falls asleep. Uh, you hear what I'm saying, girls? That it, it, you sh- he couldn't fall asleep because someone didn't look good and he didn't do How many of us, including Rabbi Wallerstein, did I ever say, you know, I couldn't fall asleep last night. You know why, girls? Because uh, Rabbi Gillespie yesterday, he um, bought me a uh, chocolate uh, Danish, and uh, I never said thank you. Oh my God, I better call him right now, two in the morning. Thank Rabbi Gillespie for getting me a Danish. Because that must be why I can't fall asleep. Believe me, I would think, maybe girls at the ranch, maybe uh, I couldn't pay my bills, there's pressure. Who would ever think, oh, the reason is because someone did me a favor and I didn't pay him back. So many important lessons in this, in this mcgill Esther. So now I want to end, because I did not forget about the questions. I want to end with, what's supposed to make you happy? How do you become happy in the month of Adar? And the answer is that the miracles in the Megillah's Esther are all hidden. It doesn't say Hashem's name at all. It says HaMelech, but it doesn't say Yudkei Vavkei, Elokim, shakai Shaka. It doesn't say any of those. Hashem is totally hidden. All the miracles that happened are hidden. That when he did the lottery, Haman's lottery, it came out on the 7th. And um the 7th... What's it called um, was the day that, 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 that Moshe Rabbeinu died. He was very happy, but really it was the day he was born. He didn't know that. So a lot of things were hidden. You know what makes me the happiest? When I know that no matter what happens, and right now I have COVID, I'm home, I'm not really doing, feeling that great, but I know that I got it for a reason. And I didn't get it a whole year, but I got it for a reason. When I know that Hashem is there for me, even when I'm in my trauma and in my bad stuff, I know there's a cheshbin, there's a reason for everything. That makes me happy. You know, I deal with, with kids who think they're atheists or agnostic people, and they come in and they're like, I've never, had, I've never met one, and I've met hundreds who walked in and said, What's up, Rabbi Wallerstein? Nice to meet you. I'm an atheist. How do you know there's Hashem? No. They walk in, miserable. Really? You remember what I see? You remember what yeah. How do you know there's a God? Really, you people, all you people, all you people. Nasty people they are. Cold, angry, nasty people. Why? Because if you believe in, there's no God, and you believe in the theory of randomness, that stuff just happens, then if I got COVID, it's like, oh my God, I got COVID and he did it if I have no money and they have money it's like why do they have money why is he married why is this person living and I'm not and I'm not doing so well you start asking all these questions and it's it's just randomness you know so how can you live like that how can you be happy if anything that happens to you has no reason your life has no reason good bad in between has no reason you can't be happy So, in the month of Ador is the one month that God's miracles are not shown. It's not going out of Mitzrayim, it's not getting the Torah, it's not a a candle lighting for eight days, it's not shown. And therefore, when we know that Hashem is behind us, even when we don't see Him, that makes me happy. Not drinking wine or eating meat. And I'll end with this. I don't even know if it's Jewish, it might be Christian. I'm not sure where it comes from. But it's something that, that is just an amazing story about this um, girl who was going, who was walking with God, she said. And um, she was telling her teacher that I always feel like I'm walking with God. And I have this picture in my head of walking on the beach. And there's two set of footprints, mine and Hashem's. And then something happened. And I was traumatized. And I was hurt. And then all of a sudden, there was only one set of footsteps. Mine. Why does God leave you when you're in trouble? And the teacher looked at her and said, Oh no. You got it wrong. Those footsteps, that one pair of footsteps, that's God. But when you're in trauma, he doesn't make you walk alongside him. He picks you up and carries you. What a thought. What a thought. Yeah, there were, there were two sets of footprints and now there's only one. Because you're in trouble and you're going through a hard time. Hashem doesn't make you walk through that anymore. He picks you up and carries you. So, yeah, there's only one set of footsteps, and that's Hashem. And that's Purim, and that's Ador, and that's what's supposed to make you happy. Mishinichnas Ador. Not the month of Ador. Mishinichnas, when you go into Ador, when you have a state of mind that Ador is Hashem being there when you don't see him, your state of being will change. Your depression, your anxiety, your state of being will change. When it goes into your head, that's when it'll change. You should all have an amazing Purim. Hashem should answer everything that you ask for. Think about the people you have to say thank you to. Maybe write a letter to your parents before Purim, and make sure you get mechila for anyone you hurt, even when you were right, even when that person is evil. Because there's no one more evil than Asaph. But if you made them cry, you're going to cry. But if you make someone laugh, if you make someone happy and you make someone laugh, then Hashem's going to make you laugh and make your children laugh. It works both ways in the positive and the negative forum thank you You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by torahanytime.com.